Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information. Welcome to The Wave Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz. And I am Ryan McCarsky. Ryan McCarsky, how you doing, my brother? I'm great, Danny. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. Excellent. I want to start out um, and had a great uh, weekend. I want to say Happy New Year to everyone that's listening to yes. us. Uh, it is it is uh, we just come off the eve of Rosh Hashanah uh, and tune into Holy Talk podcast. If you want to know what Rosh Hashanah is, I believe if you go back to the earlier um, the other the earlier lessons in Holy Holy uh, Talk podcast mm-hmm. that you will see us talking about Rosh Hashanah. Uh, but it's the new year for the Jewish uh, community. Um, and we are in this. Uh, we are in it. We are in the new year and we celebrate the new year. So I want to say happy new year to everyone. Um, and if you want more about to know what that's about, just go to Holy Talk Podcast and we can talk more about that. And then also, Ryan, to thank the folks for tuning in every week um, mm-hmm. and really just spending time in the word with us. Um, so that's how I'm doing. I'm excited right now, Ryan. Uh, how was your weekend? How everything's going with you? Oh, uh, Danny, great weekend. Great time with with family, as we were talking about earlier. And it's just so good um at times really just to get together with the people you're closest with and just to have some fun and and relax and i think at times we get so busy and we don't think about just enjoying life a bit with with the people we care most about so i know you did that with your family this weekend and i did the same thing so um definitely feel rested on this on this early morning i had a great time carrying bags at keens island <laughs> <laughs> uh, at my old age, I do not ride rides like that anymore. Uh, everybody out there, don't judge me, please. Uh, I just don't do it. Uh, but the kids had a great time doing it. And I had a great time holding their bags and walking around uh, with my sweetheart. Uh, and we had a great time, Debbie and I. But I, listen, I, I'm going to say this. Um, I hope that everyone listening, you have been enjoying um, just even diving. I think. This, this should be a master class, Ryan. Literally, a two-year college course on the Holy Spirit. Yes. So much. I was talking to Mike yesterday. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, I'm hoping that he joins us in our next podcast because he really, this is a favorite topic of his. And we yeah. were talking about this this weekend. Uh, I mean, there's just so much involved with the topic of the Holy Spirit. And the, and the word says so much on it that I, I really feel like there should be a master class. I was talking to my mom about this. That it should be a masterclass on the Holy Spirit because it's the least taught, um, I believe, mm-hmm. in Christendom, right? the least taught subject, which it should be the most important subject to be taught um, before anything else. Because without the Holy Spirit, we can't do nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to say it again. For those who are listening, without the Holy Spirit, we need a move of the Holy Spirit. We need a recognition of the person of the Holy Spirit. We need a move of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like never before, Ryan, I believe the earth is desperate, right? The earth is desperate to have a reality 
of knowing of who the Holy Spirit is. There are people that are desperate. They're yearning for something. And some of them don't even know what they're yearning for, but they're yearning to connect with the Holy Spirit because that is what connects us to heaven, right? Jesus said, I will not leave you orphaned. He said, it's to your advantage that I leave. Why? Because I'm going to leave you a person called the Holy Spirit. And he will teach you all things about who I am. We can't even learn about Jesus, Ryan, without the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, Danny. Yeah, you. There's so many people that go to church every week, say on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening, and they're just going to church to fulfill some type of duty or what I've heard over my life. Like, hey, I checked off that box for the week. I did my my religious or my spiritual act. And the truth is the Holy Spirit is 24 7, 24 7 oneness 24 7 sonship that we can we can connect with this is this is a person and we're going to dive into that i i know but this is a person that is the helper is the comforter um i pray over my son every, every night that that when he gets old enough and he can profess this that he that he receives the holy spirit because i want him to walk around in the world not alone ever. And I never walk, you never walk alone and I don't walk Come alone on. ever Come because on. we have the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit is on the inside and comforting us when we need it, guiding us when we need it. I always pray for the Holy Spirit to, to guide me in what I say, what I do, what I think. Um, and that whenever I need him, he, he shows up. It's, it's how it is. But again, it's, it's just like any relationship you're talking about walking around with Deb at the, at the um, Kings Island, you're cultivating a relationship and we need to cultivate the relationship with the Holy spirit, which I think is very much lacking probably in, in the church body today to a certain extent. A hundred percent. And, and, and because it takes time in his mm -hmm. presence, it takes time. First of all, we have to acknowledge that he's real and he's there and he's the person. Now we get in ahead of ourselves because we didn't talk about the personhood of the yep. Holy Spirit next week. We're going to talk about what the evidence of the baptism. But I, I want to say, I was telling Deb this, uh, we were talking yesterday and I said, I said, honey, do you understand that the Holy Spirit is a cheat code? <laughs> you know what I mean? He is a cheat code. He knows everything from everything, right? Yep. And so he, he's, and he's the empowerment to help you, right? So we learned last week uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which, which I want to say this, Ryan, a lot of folks uh, in church today have a hard time with that word, right? They have, but it's in the scriptures. We can't ignore it. We can't mm -hmm. act like it's there. That is not like, like it's not there, right? And so yep. some folks want to act like the word baptism in the Holy Spirit is not there. So when they see that, there's a freak out moment like, oh, by them saying baptism of Holy Spirit, it just, they're charismatic maniacs, right? They, they <laughs> automatically want to put you in evangelicalism in a box. And I hate box. I hate terminologies when it comes mm -hmm. to titles of boxes. Now, I love terminologies when it comes to explaining things the right way. But I hate yep. when folks use um, titles to put you in a box, right? Right. Listen, either someone asked me, are you an evangelicalist? I'm like, listen, call me whatever the heck you want to call me. I'm just a follower of Jesus. I love Jesus with all my heart, right? You call me whatever you want to call me, right? But again, we categorize. Now, I'm, I come from the charismatic movement. I come from, I believe it at all. But I also believe we did some injustices in not explaining scripture the right way, in taking scripture out of context. And so mm -hmm. 
you know, it's on us to own that. And the fact that, listen, we have taught what the giftings of the Holy Spirit and what the baptism of the Holy Spirit in wrong ways, right? Yep. In ways to control, in ways to think that we better, in ways to think that, oh, if you don't have this. And so I want to talk about this, this terminology, the evidence, right? Uh, because mm -hmm. I, I know those who, who are listening to us heard this before. Oh, what is the evidence of the Holy Spirit? What is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I'm going to say off the bat, Ryan, there is no scripture in the Bible that says, and the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. There mm -hmm. is no scripture. Now, deduct yep. deductive reasoning tells us, and I'm going to go back to a scripture that we read last week, uh, which is in Acts 1, 8, right? So mm -hmm. in Acts 1, 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, we explained that last week, and you shall be witnesses, right? Now, mm -hmm. this is part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Because Jesus told us in the early verses 4 and 5, right? And you, and you shall be baptized, and we explain what that is. Now, here, deductive reasoning tells us Right. All reasoning itself tells us, but you shall receive power. Right. So we mm -hmm. know that we can we can we can deduct from this that we can we can say the evidence of the Holy Spirit is power. Uh, right. Power to do what? To be a witness or to live a surrendered life or to live a dead life. Right. Meaning mm -hmm. dead to flesh, dead to self. Yeah. Right. We can say that. But there is no scripture in the Bible. That says, this is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And yep. I want to say that loudly. And I'm going to say it again. There is no scripture that says, this is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, we can see through Acts 1.8 that, th that there is power that comes. So can we say the evidence is power? Yes. But does it say that specifically? No. Can we say that out of it? Yes. Can we say that with 100% confidence? Well, what I can say is, we, you know when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you know you when you don't, right? Mm -hmm. Now, again, it comes with different things that we can say these are evidence, but they're really not. Evidence, just using that word evidence, we will say is power, right? To be a witness, yeah. to, to live a surrender life. So to me, somebody would ask me, what is the evidence, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'll say, well, there's no scripture in the Bible that says the evidence, but deductive reasoning tells us or reasoning itself tells us that it's, power or dunamis to live a surrendered life what do you say ryan no i i i completely agree with that danny that um i think it just shifts it really shifts your thinking in terms of how you live your life that you'll recognize when you're empowered by the holy spirit because you'll have the des certain desires that are against are against the scriptures against the lord those desires will start to wane and your desires for going out and spreading, spreading the word or, or loving people or um, being, like you said, being a witness, as it says in Acts 1.8, you'll have these different desires that you're not trying to stir up like at all. It, it's just, it's starting to flow out of you naturally. And that's the Holy spirit trying to get out to reach people and then as you dive in more and you're, you, you're praying that, you know, Holy Spirit, um, you know, flow through me so that you can reach people and do what it is you want to do while I'm in this space and different things will, will start to naturally in you, you'll have natural desires to do things very much related to the scripture. I think that we need to be biblically literate 
and understand what the scripture says so that we can recognize that there is evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's just, it, it's basically like almost like a, a shift in desires, shifting towards mm. God's desires and away from maybe your personal desires that were maybe against the scriptures. So that's the evidence that at least I've seen personally in my life and I've seen personally in, or I've seen in, in other people's lives as well. And it's that evidence to be the witness that we're witness. Remember, we said we're we said martos, which is to live a dead life, right? It's yep. not wanting to do what you want, it's wanting <laughs> to do what heaven wants, it's wanting to do what Jesus wants, it's wanting to do what the word wants, right? And with that comes, I want to say this because I had a young man reach out to me last night, and this is not a coincidence. He reached out to me around 10:20 last night about the Holy Spirit, and he was in my youth with 2003, a long, long time ago. And he's like, I miss. Feeling the conviction. He used a word there, right? Because part of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is this conviction, right? Not a condemnation. I think you know religion because religion leads you to condemnation. It leads you to like, you know, conviction of the Holy Spirit is that whisper of the Holy Spirit to say, hey, you're doing things that you're not, that, that, that are not uh, in agreement with heaven, Right. But I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to empower you to overcome these things because I'm here to help you overcome these things. I'm going to empower you, right? There's an empowerment to live out that conviction, right? And to then overcome whatever it is you have to overcome, which is the word says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. These are the evidence of the world, right? And those are the things that come against us, right? How do you overcome lust, right? Well, the, the Holy Spirit, first of all, it convicts you of that, right? And then he empowers you to say no to the things of the flesh that is drawing you to the things of the flesh. That is... That is evidence in your life when you have some baptism of the Holy Spirit saying no. Right. But again, can can we put it on just one thing? This is no, because the the the, 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 the there's an ebb and flow with the Holy Spirit. Right. There's there's a walking out of salvation with the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to home in on, because, again, there's a lot of denominations out there, Ryan. I won't name them, but you know who they are. They literally say, oh, well, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Well, that's yeah. not biblical. That is not the Bible. The Bible does not say that. We are putting that into the scriptures. Now, I'm going to read Acts chapter 2 because this is the major one that especially charismatics we get wrong. I'm just going to be mm -hmm. honest. I'm, I'm just going to flat out say that, Ryan. I know that's someone is going to get mad at me, <laughs> but that's okay. It is wrong for you to say, well, Acts 1.8 proves to us that tongues is, well, first of all, Acts uh, chapter 2, 1 through 8, let me say the Acts chapter 2, 1 through 8, the day of Pentecost has nothing to do with the gifting of speaking in tongues the way we believe. Now, again, I'm like Paul, I speak, uh, Paul tells us in, in 1 Corinthians 14, I speak in tongues more than you all, right? And yeah. so I'm going to say Paul's words. I speak in tongues more than you all, but we have to be honest when we read these things. So these are what I'm going to just point out some of the scriptures that people say, well, this is the evidence. This is why tongues is the evidence. This is why this is the evidence. And we're just going to read them and say, well, we just flat out wrong. And we got to say we wrong. I mean, this is bottom line. So Acts 2, 1 through 8 says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly they came a sound from heaven. Now, this is good preaching. 
You know what I mean? I can change my voice a little bit and just make it. And they came a sound from heaven, right? And <laughs> like a, a, a mighty rushing wind. Uh, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And just because I preach it that way doesn't mean that this is going to say something I don't want. I, I want it to say, right? And, it, right. and, and, and then appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and set upon each of them. And see... See, the evidence of the Holy Spirit is fire. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is baptism of the Holy Spirit is tongues. Well, this is what's happening here. But we're going to see that when the Holy Spirit comes as a, as a divine power, as a divine, it comes in different gifts. And it manifests different gifts at different times. Now, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues. You see, Pastor Danny, they begin to speak with other tongues. So speaking in tongues is the evidence. Keep on reading. Stop. Don't just stop there. Read. Keep on reading. And the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem. Jews, devout men from every nation under. Can you underline every nation under heaven? I didn't write that down. It says that. And when they, this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. Why? Why were they confused for those who, you know, stop at tongues? <laughs> because they were because everyone heard them speak in his own language. I'm going to say that again. Because everyone heard them speak in their own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that they were, they, 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 that we hear each own, each in our own language in which we were born. So these are just, they're like, how are they speaking? So let me put this in modern terms. If you're in a room full of folks from Asia and full of folks from uh, South America and you're an English-speaking person and the mighty Russian wind comes in the room and tongues of fire falls on all of them, you all understand each other, even though they're speaking in their language. That means you automatically understand Spanish and you never took Spanish a day in life. You automatically understand Mandarin when you never took it in your life. You automatically understand Swahili and you never took Swahili in your life. That's what it's saying. It is mm -hmm. not saying that they were speaking in this prayer of what we know praying in tongues is. Is that a gift? Yes. But this is a gift here that's a different gift than that, uh, that gift that you want to say this is it. So a lot of times, oh, look it. So can we just say out of this that the, that the, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when you understand someone else's language? No. This is just happening right here at this specific moment, at this specific time. If we're going to use speaking in tongues as the evidence, then this speaking in tongues is not Shandarandai, again, which, again, I'm not making fun of. I speak in tongues more than anyone here, right, that's listening. But we have to be honest and start taking these scriptures out of context and saying this applied to that prayer language of tongues is not. This is something different. This is a gifting of the Holy Spirit that he gave them in that moment that empowered them. For what? So that they can be a greater witness to one another and I believe the greatest thing here was the reverse of Babel, because in Babel, the voices were confused. Mm. 
right? And so there's yeah. a reversion of Babel here so that everyone can know Jesus. In the end of the day, so that all of them can know Jesus because we know Peter goes to go and preaches Jesus and 3,000 get saved. That's what it is, right? I've talked a lot. But what? <laughs> no, I love, I love your comparison to Babel because I, I think, I think, oh, I just, yeah, I just thought of this and, and this could be the Holy Spirit. When, when we're talking Babel, which I think is in Genesis 11, um, you're talking people were working together to try to become God, essentially. They were trying to reach God. Thus, God confused them. They could not communicate and were dispersed. Where this, oh, this is, this is good, I think. The Holy Spirit comes to now bring the unity back to form the church. And I have this written down. This is really the, the, the first major harvest of the church being unified back to the purpose of let's follow Jesus. So I think you're, you're spot on with the, just the comparison there where it was like, we're work like in Babel, we're going for ourselves. So God's like, no, I can't do that. And then with the Holy Spirit coming back in, bringing the unity back for the church. Oh, that's so powerful, Danny. And here, I love that you said this because it's, it's, it, we're trying to reach God in, in, in a way in the, in the Tower of Babel that's unholy, that's unrighteous, that's not godly. And yep. here, instead of us trying to reach God, God is trying to reach man, mm. right? So instead yeah. of us trying to reach God, God is trying to reach us to bring us to himself in a pure way. And that's why the Holy Spirit is needed because the Holy Spirit purifies our motives. It purifies our hearts. It purifies who we are so that we can get to God in the right way, right? And so here God's like, I'm going to make myself available to you again. Where before I, I just scattered your voices so that you can really understand each other and understand the power of unity. Now I'm going to unify not only each other, I'm going to unify yourself to me. And then you're going to do it through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's important. Let me, let's read a couple, a, a couple of more verses that people use out of context to say that, that these are these is the evidence of this. Um, Acts 8, uh, 14 through 19. Hopefully, hopefully you're getting something out of this. Because this blesses me every time, because again, we got to stop teaching stuff out of context. Acts chapter eight, verse 14 to 19. This is another place where people read and says, well, see, Danny, is this and this. And no, we're going to read it in context. Now, when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John uh, to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in now. So some folks say, well, you see, it talks about receiving the Holy Spirit. Read again, read the whole thing. It's not just talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. It's talking about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because the, the context here is baptism. Again, we we can't use that one line that says that they might receive the Holy Spirit and say, see, people need to receive the Holy Spirit. In context, it's saying they need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. let's stay in context and hopefully as we reading the word word by word we can understand one thing that the word is read contextually and you have to read the whole thing you can't just take stuff out of context and say oh everyone needs to have uh, received the holy spirit no everyone has the holy spirit what they talk about here is receiving the baptism of the holy spirit right 
For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only received the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on the hands, the apostles, uh, the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered money saying, give this power also that anyone on him I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now, he got beat up by this because Simon was trying to buy the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. One reason I wanted to read this again in context is because many people look at this and say, oh, you see, it says receive the Holy Spirit. It's not in context. In context, it's about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now here, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence, if you want to say, is what Simon saw. What did Simon saw? The word power, power. The same thing that he tells us in Acts 1.8, and you shall receive dunamis. Here, Simon saw dunamis. He saw power, and he's like, I want that same power, right? So the yep. evidence that Simon saw was not tongues, was not prophecy, was not only what he saw was power, and he wanted that power, and he thought, oh, I can buy this power. And they're like, no, you can't buy this power. You receive the power, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely, Danny. And and again, we're not saying that it doesn't say that, that the scripture said this is the exact evidence. We're just we're going line by line. And obviously, Simon saw something. It's it, he saw the power when the Holy Spirit, the baptism of, of the Holy Spirit took place. So we have to look at that and say that that could be evidence. For sure. Does it say the word evidence? No. But does it show it? Yes. So, yeah. again. And, yeah, and what we want to get out of it is, like, there's not just one thing. It's not just tongues. It's not. Yep. Again, we're going to see it in, in the life of Paul. Paul was Saul. Saul of Tarsus turned into Paul, right? And listen to what happened in Acts 9, 17 to 19. This is, again, I've, I just read this stuff. And here we're going to see a manifestation of power of the Holy Spirit coming upon a person. And it's not going to be tongues. When, again, people always talk about it's tongues, it's tongues, it's tongues. Well, here's not tongues. In, in Acts 8, it was not tongues. Again, there are places that we see tongues, but we also see tongues with other things. So here it says, and Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, which was Saul at the time, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with what? The Holy Spirit. Now, we know in context is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Immediately, there fell from his eyes something like scales. And he received sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened, and Saul spent some days with the disciples of Damascus. Here we see what was accompanying with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that Saul of Tarsus had received that became Paul. Paul received the gift of healing, right? That was evident here, right? Healing was evident here. So can we say, well, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is healing? It's a manifestation, but we can't say it's healing as much as we can say 
the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is someone speaking in someone else's language. Again, it's just dunamis. For whatever the dunamis is needed to be done at that moment, right? So for us to start, I wish we can go away from using that language. What is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because again, there's no scripture that says, and this is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we just showed you. One of the evidence, if you want to say evidence, one of the things that happened with the Baptist Holy Spirit is that people spoke in different languages. Another, another thing that happened in chapter 8 is that when we saw there was power present. Here in chapter 9, we see that there's healing. You see, there are different things that are happening in the book of Acts as people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's just not a one thing, one fixed all that we can just lean on and say, well, this is the evidence of the Baptist and Holy Spirit. I would say, according to Acts 1.8, it's power so that you can be a witness. That's what the Bible says, right? But we can't continue to teach something that's not in Scripture because we see there are different things that are happening throughout the book of Acts. And I love what you said, where the Holy Spirit is going to do what he wants to do at the appropriate time. When Paul was baptized with the Holy Spirit, he needed healing because he got blinded and he was blind for three days. He needed the eyesight so then he could go out and be a witness. So the Holy Spirit did what was needed at that particular period of time. And I think when we're searching for specific evidence, like I think we talked about before we even started the podcast, we wanted we want to talk about the Holy Spirit in black and white and put him in a box. But the truth is, he's very much a gray area and he can do a lot of things. And so we have to really look at that. And we can't say, like you said, one piece of evidence is speaking in tongues. OK, well, then obviously we see healing that just took place as, as well with Saul, who became Paul. So I think we need to open up our minds a little bit that the Holy Spirit can do a lot of things. And I think we, our minds as humans, we try to conceptualize things and consolidate into a smaller box so that we can process it and be able to, to teach it more effectively. But the truth is, I don't think it's that easy. I think there's so many depths that we don't have enough lifespan to even figure out. And, and to your point, we consolidate so that we can control and we can package it, right? Because we want to yep. package it. Well, I want to package this experience so that we can have the same experience, so that we can have the same experience, so that we can have the same experience. And then people literally live, instead of having a relationship with Jesus, instead of having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we live from experience to experience. And we want to pack, I want to feel what I felt before. Oh, you may not feel the same thing before. And we live by packaging these consolidated experiences that we want all right we got two more and i know we got to go uh and and hopefully that this is jumping out of your heart let's 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 visit two more acts 10 44 to 48 acts 10 44 this is uh when the gentiles receive uh some baptism which is beautiful because you and i are in this picture mm -hmm. if, if this would if this would not happen you and i would not be um even talking about the Holy Spirit, even talking about Christianity, even talking about none of it. This happens. This is when the Gentiles were received. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those uh, and of the circumcisions who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles 
uh, also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he had commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay, uh, stay a few days. Now, here we see that they spoke in tongues. Now, it doesn't say what type of tongues. Now, here, the tongues, it says they spoke with tongues and magnify God. So whatever tongues they spoke in was to magnify God. I don't want to construe that in any way, because I think a lot of times people say, see, here, they spoke in tongues. They spoke in tongues to magnify God. Now, I want the reason I met this, because here we see that tongues was a part of this. Right. But again, yeah. it doesn't give us a specific. Is this that? praying tongues the spiritual language or is this that same tongues that were in acts chapter two we do not know right yep. we can't say we know but we know it was tongues to magnify god now one of the reasons i really wanted to, to read this part of the portion not only to say it was tongues to magnify god remember they were not even baptized in water yet hello so oh. so this is for those who say well you got to be baptized in water first there is no rhyme or reason here Right. It's whatever the Holy Spirit wants when he wants. There's some folks that says, well, you first have to be baptized in water and receive Jesus. And then you receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's not what happened here. Right. And so, again, is what we said earlier. He does whatever he wants to, however he wants to. Let's stop putting the Holy Spirit in the box. Again, here the tongues was to magnify God. Now, was it a prayer language in tongues? I do not know. Was it the same tongues that happened when they received? heard each other we know that these gentiles knew each other's languages so could it be that they prayed in tongues here yes but it was to magnify god not to say hey i got a gift of, of tongues mm. yes danny no that's that's really that's really powerful because i think i think sometimes we try to get it into a specific order and i love how you talked about how the holy spirit there's really no specific order to it and i think as a church, we try to organize it in a certain way, almost to justify that, yes, we're saved. And yes, now we've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when in Scripture, it clearly does not have an ABC order to it. It just, that's not how it went. And, and there was various scenarios where there was a different order to it. So again, we're, we're trying to put almost a humanistic approach to consolidate and and make it mathematical in our head that we we do um one plus two equals three and and it's you know it's it's one of those things i don't think we can do with this situation now we're going to do a whole segment on tongues and that will be after when we start the gifts of what the holy spirit is yep. and some of the tongues and some of the we'll we'll do a whole teaching on tongues yeah listen we okay with tongues i know some folks that listen to our podcast are not okay with tongues and I'm okay that you're not okay, right? What I want you to know that we'll get to there, right? We'll get to teaching on that, and then you can study it for yourself. But what I don't want to do is say, hey, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is this. The, la the last scripture we're going to use is Acts 19, 1 through 6, which, again, this is another scripture that people say, well, this is the evidence that it has to be tongues. Well, it does not only say that, right? And so, we again, we got to keep true to the scriptures. Remember, the first evidence, if we want to use that terminology, which I do not like, just being honest, I don't know what to come up with another one, but I just don't like, it was they spoke in different people's language. Then we saw that healing happening. Then we saw, well, power, right? That Then we saw healing 
like skills. Then we saw a, a, a tongues that magnified God. Now let's see what happens in Acts 19, one through six. And it said, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth and Paul having passed through the upper regions came to Ephesus and finding some of the disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not such much as heard where there's a Holy Spirit. I mean, think about that. These people believed in Jesus, but they didn't never heard about the Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what were then were you baptized? And so they said into John Baptist. Now, me, remember, we just read in Acts 10 that they were not baptized in water. Here, mm -hmm. these folks are baptized in water. So again, there's no rhyme or reason to this. There's, here, these folks are baptized in water. They were baptized into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to people that they should believe to him who come after him, that it is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Oh, so it is not only tongues now. Now it's <laughs> tongues and prophecy. Hold up. See, again, we can read this and say, well, you see the evidence is tongues. Well, that's not what it says here. Here, they spoke in tongues and what? Prophesy. Now, mm -hmm. again, knowing that this group is together, so knowing that this group together, we, we, we can deduct that they speak the same language. So we know yeah. the tongues here, it can't be them that trying to understand each other. We know that there's, there's a different type of tongues here. But it's not mm -hmm. just tongues. It's yeah. tongues with prophecy, which also the scripture talks about, that some have, some have the gifting of tongues and some have the gifting of prophesying those tongues, right? Uh, a, a prophesying and speaking prophetic words through prophetic actions. Here, both of these things are in, we see both of them are empowered at the same time, but this has happened. So can we say, well, now the, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is prophecy. No, mm -hmm. it's whatever the Holy Spirit wants. Whenever the Holy Spirit wants it, that's what it is, right? And yep. so I want us to, even though the, the caption of this uh, podcast says uh, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want us to understand that that language that we use is our language. It's not a biblical language, right? And so I don't want us to get stuck and box ourselves in and says the evidence of the Baptism of the Holy Spirit is one, two, three. We just showed you five different examples in the whole book of Acts that we can say all of this is the evidence. But we got to go back to Acts 1-8 and says, and you, shall, and you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you so that you can be a martos or a witness. We have to stay true to scripture um, mm -hmm. because, again, we can use prophecy. We can use speaking in someone else's language. We can use healing. We can use all this and say all of this is evidence. But in the end of the day, it's power so that you can live a surrendered life to look like Jesus. So that is if you, if you were to say evidence. But I, again, I don't like that language. I just don't know another language to use. Yep. No, amen, Danny. I, I, I think you hit it spot on that we, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to flow we need to allow the Holy Spirit to to move and to move through us and whatever, whatever that be, whatever that miracle, that sign, that wonder or just the normal aspects of life of giving us very practical advice. I think 
sometimes we over spiritualize the Holy Spirit and we really need to just let him flow and let him be. And then from there, you're going to live a supernatural life because you're being led by the Holy Spirit. I want to leave it like that. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit and we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to get us to move into some dunamis so that we can live a life that looks like Jesus and that we can present the world a real Jesus because the world needs who Jesus is. Not who we think Jesus is. Not who we think we should show what Jesus looked like. There has to be a representing, I believe, of mm. Jesus to this world. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to present Jesus the right way. And so I thank God that you guys listen to us every week, study with us. Please email us. The email is on the bottom of, of the caption notes. We love you guys. I will say Maranatha. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. We're going to tackle uh, the personhood of the Holy Spirit. It's different than the gift of the Holy Spirit because we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. Amen. Shalom. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.